Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. I can see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind It's gonna be a bright Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. It is a spring day and the sun is shining. The windows are open, except the window where I'm recording to minimize noise. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. This week is called There's No Substitute for Being Seen. And so last week we talked about the dangers of the instant, instant solutions, instant answers, instant all of the things, instant ways of being, um, the ways that we respond to difficult and complex problems. And we try to paper over them with just like simple, way too simple solutions, right? We talked about how the instant is often used as a shortcut to certainty. And in the meantime, without the willingness to go into any sort of uncertainty or mess, uh, you cut off depth and meaning in the practice of craft. So I was actually really proud of that episode. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. Um, and I listened to it myself. I was driving through the Philly springtime, like seeing the first pink trees starting to get their first pink blossoms, that sort of a thing. Um, and it struck me that I'm not done yet which rarely happens, but I like when it happens. So we're not done with the instant. And that's because it's there. there's even more to it than just papering over some things. Um, more than meaning and depth being cut off, which I know are abstract concepts. And you're like, who cares about those anyway, Kristen? Um, we can, if we're not really careful, particularly as entrepreneurs, uh, we can use the instant to prevent ourselves from being seen. What I mean by that is if we could just fill our dockets and calendars and coffers without ever being vulnerable, we think we'd be blissfully happy. Like maybe those sales funnels that are made of fill in the blanks that are with proven done for you resources, or maybe that strategy proven by so many people will do it. Maybe that will be the thing that we needed to connect our business to our soul without actually having to, to 
do the part where we show anybody what we really believe or think or our soul, right? So we give it a try. Um, we desperately want someone else's solution to our very specific conundrum. And then that doesn't work and it gets bad in our hearts. Is <laughs> the only way I can put it. Like, Making a living without ever showing your true self, particularly for those among us who are sensitive as fuck, who are artists, who are empaths, and who are committed to soul, will likely fall flat. So if you work in a steel mill pouring smelt for 9 to 12 hours a day, the instant is great. Take advantage of all the instant you can. But if you are in any way in the business of delving into yourself and bringing treasure out, and sharing it with the world. The instant is going to be cruel to you. We hide and we're tempted to buy things like done for you Instagram captions and stock photos and templates and blueprints because surely, surely the answer to thriving in business can't be that we show the world our true selves. The horror. I almost put kel horror, but I didn't want to be that pretentious, but it's horror, right? And so after a decade of business and talking with lots of entrepreneurs via the podcast, via coaching, via in-person workshops, via virtual workshops, via books and classes and at conferences, um, I think there are really two basic forms of hiding. So we're going to go through those and then we're going to find the places where you are currently hiding and without any shame or guilt or remorse or weirdness, just sort of be like, oh, okay, well, those are places that I could be seen and they probably won't be painful. So just to ease your mind, we're not talking like I currently have no social media presence, no website, and I'm barely making work that I can view myself without hating it. We're not go trying to go from that to like 84 figure business, right? We're trying to go from like, I have a thing. It's going in a good direction. Something is a little bit off and I can't quite figure out what it is. This might be it. And it might not, but playing with it might be it, is a good place to start. So if we are anything like um, what I call Tony Robbins schedulers, so that means that you start with your calendar as uh, as absolutely full, and then you have to pencil in white space, those sorts of people. Um, so if we are busy, we are full to the brim, overscheduled, or otherwise just at capacity. It might be something that's going on in your personal life that brings your capacity for work way down. Uh, we're afraid to show people how tired we are. And not tired like, I need a nap, that's kind of cute, but tired all the way down. Tired like three weeks of solo vacation might be a start. <laughs> sorts of just devastated. And instead of that, instead of like, I'm taking a break, I'm taking a pause, I'm out of here for a while, we go with our Pinterest-ready perfection porn canon, and we set it to maximum, and we show the world how not tired and how engaging we are right now, right? At the opposite end of that, if we're not busy, we're afraid to show people that our days are not full of the work that we profess to love, we spend our time worrying about clients, trying to get clients, making offers, watching those offers tank sometimes, and generally worrying about money. So we take that same perfection porn canon, we set it to like ultra super woe setting, and we show the world how very busy we are at every level. Both of those, are, of course, are lies, so neither option allows us to be seen. If we're tired and we tell people we're tired, or we're not busy and we tell people we're not busy, great. 
But being affirmed as not tired, as a superhero, as a how-do-you-do-it-all human isn't accurate when you are actually crawling through the dirt on your knees begging for rest. Likewise, being affirmed as a busy, full-to-the-brim, in-demand business owner isn't true either when your inbox is empty, your phone isn't ringing, no one's texting, and you're looking at part-time jobs to fill the gaps. Neither of those states is wrong in any way, but choosing to portray yourself as, as not the way that you actually are in this moment in reality is where we get tripped up. What we need most when we are struggling is to be seen. A few years ago, a wildly talented photographer, uh, I'm being vague just to protect identity, not to because I don't like this person. I actually think they're great. Uh, wrote a deeply honest blog post about how little money all those thousands of likes actually pay, asking people to actually hire them if you admire their work, as in, pay me, I'm awesome. It was magnificent. It was so deeply honest because everyone assumes, like, my God, you have bajillions of followers and likes. And so everyone comments on every single picture that you post and you're a photographer, you must be busy beyond your wildest dreams. That was not the case. So they shared that. They were seen, they were paid, they have never been more popular. Likewise, at the other end of the spectrum, those who are courageous enough to draw boundaries and say no, they can't actually work with 427 people this year, are far more likely to sell out the capacity they do have when they slow down, ask for help, hire staff, and or raise prices, probably starting with raising prices. Are you tired, at capacity, spent, or otherwise full? The trick here is to grab your calendar and start putting X's on it. Give yourself a week off, even if it's to sit at home playing catch-up or to watch Game of Thrones from beginning to end. All 74 seasons of Doom, go for it. Also, that was not an invitation to talk about Game of Thrones because I watched the first season and like everybody fucking dies and I can't deal with it. Um, the other thing you want to do is put one firm day off per week on the calendar. And I'm saying that like you want to do this, which is I am using language I very rarely use on purpose because a person without days off is a miserable person. That's just humanity. You are not the exception to the humanity rule. So put a, a firm day off per week on the calendar. Now it can change in particular if this is a new practice. It might be a Tuesday and then a Thursday and then a Sunday and then a Wednesday. Great. The point is that there's one day that you aren't doing shit for work. It's not a half day. It's not an evening. It's not two sort of evenings. It's not date night when you get a babysitter, but you work all day first. It's a full day every week. The space you will create will start to work on you. It will start to do things and to remind you of why you're alive and why you have a business in the first place. You will know which step to take from there. That's not steps plural. It's probably just one. Like, oh, fire that client. Oh, raise prices there. Oh, I'm not going to do that ever again. <laughs> it's just knowing those things. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, are you bored, not busy, or wondering where to get clients? The first step is just to be gentle with yourself and stop pretending that you're booked out. Stop. The Part of that is get your, getting yourself one client at a time. So stay on it, follow up like a champ, get off the screens and out into the world whenever possible, right? You know this. You know that it's one client at a time that's going to do the work for you, that's going to get you where you want to go. So if someone is interested, let's get on that thing. Um, and then there's another 
element of at work here that we often ignore, which is to look at the seasons of your business and acknowledge them honestly. So if you are super, super, super busy in January, can you let February be slower? right? And if you are slammed in November, can December be chill? And if you are dead in August, can you plan bigger things for July and September, right? So just acknowledging that seasons work, like we can't move major holidays. We can't make it be winter in August in the Northeast of the United States. Like there are rhythms here that are at work. And if you work with them, it's going to work better for you. Like my peeps disengage hard in the summer. Like I have right up until my birthday, Memorial Day, and then they're mostly gone-ish and they start paying attention again with back to school season. So that's podcast listens go down, uh, website traffic goes down, email open rates go down just across the board, but it's every year. So any attempts on my part to market a new thing are going to be much, much harder in August than if I just wait until the week after Labor Day in September. You probably also have seasons and working with instead of against them will probably do wonders. If not for your business, then for your self-esteem. <laughs> So that you know that you're not alone, that trying to sell like really hard in the middle of July is challenging if it's summer and everybody's at the beach and nobody cares right now about the thing that you're offering, right? Unless you're selling snow cones, at which point everyone cares. So once we are past those two sort of basic foundations and you probably fall into one or the other, there are sneaky and subtle hiding techniques that we use to keep ourselves only partially visible. So have I used these? Of course. Like, how do you think I know about them? So if any part of you is like, she's being really judgy, she's being really critical, she doesn't know, like the only way that I know about these is that by pulling them up out of myself and acknowledging them for what they are. So please don't ever think that there's judgment involved here because if it's if I'm talking about it, I've done it. That's how it works. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to help you not make dumbass mistakes like I do. So before we go any further... The first task is to unfollow, unsubscribe from, and otherwise actively ignore, not just passively, but actively ignore all those who want to teach you how to be shinier, flashier, and less yourself. So anything that's about building polish is generally not going to be the thing that will help you right now. That means those who are selling you a lifestyle, business model, or aspirational ideal that is not only never going to happen, but also detrimental to your health or your way of being. So for example, I cannot follow stylists anywhere for any reason because I get oddly obsessed with how perfect everything looks and how my life just falls miserably behind. Like, yes, I do have that one hyacinth bloom framed in golden light, but the floor is also covered in dog toys and a puppy who's like 75% potty trained. So that's where we begin with who are the influences that that are not good ones that get in your head in a bad way and fuck with you because let's get rid of them first and then the least obvious but most common hiding tactic we employ is actively hiding the full reality of our lives from ourselves Refusing to admit truth within ourselves means we can't deal with it in the outer world, right? So if you're like $95,000 in debt and if someone asks about money, you're like, oh yeah, I'm really good with money. I don't have any debt at all. Mm, that's not actually true, right? So these are a bunch of questions 
and let's just begin. So you don't have to have answers to all of these, but if there's probably one or two that stick out, those are good places for you to take your little hiding brick and take it out of the wall so that you can be seen just a little bit more. So which people do you need to ignore or unfollow for a while? And it might be a brand, it might be a person, I'm using that interchangeably. Um, it's anyone that you want to be, anyone whose skin you would like to wear because you would just take their place instantaneously. Um, anyone who already has what you think you want and is going to teach you how to get it. Um, so this person has a four inch thigh gap and you think that's what you want. So you're going to do their supplements or whatever. Like if you are pursuing health independently, great. If you are beating yourself up about how you are not that every time you look at that person or brand, that's not great. What do you know, know needs to happen, but it is not yet on the calendar? And I mean that in a positive way. So if you teach courses, which courses are you teaching this year? If you want to shoot boudoir sessions, how much capacity do you have? People are often shocked by how little capacity they have, actually. Most people don't, most particularly professional photographers, do not have 40 spaces a month to fill. And so when you get really clear about capacity, everything gets simpler. Which programs do you need to schedule or delete? Because let's be honest, they're not happening this year. And those can be programs you run in your business. Those can be programs that you have purchased and have not yet made time to work on. What do you secretly believe is going to happen in your business? And how are you making your worst fears come true? So you're afraid that you'll never have enough clients. You don't respond to those who ask to hire you and become clients. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. Is there any place that you do that consistently? And again, there is no judgment here. I do not have any sort of like system or scale or quiz to make you feel bad at the end. I'm just pointing to places where you might be hiding. Which product services or people do you resent in your business, if any? And if the answer is none, that's great. Often though, there's something. Can any or all of those things that you resent be eliminated? And I don't mean like hire a hitman. I just mean like, can you shuffle a client to someone else? Can you minimize contact? Can you get out of a contract? Can you refer them to someone else? That sort of a thing. And then what is dying to be born? Because often we are so messed up about this question. We're like, oh, well, this is dying to be born, but I really need to check my email for the eighth time today. So I know you've heard that question before. And no, I'm not going to stop asking it because it's so important. The things within you that are dying to be born do not get enough airtime. They don't get enough attention. They don't get enough love. And they just, they need more from you. That's true for every human on earth. So I know those questions are wily. They don't necessarily have answers that are really obvious, especially they're not obvious to others from the outside looking in, which is why you've got to pull up a seat at your own table for a heart to heart. And I hope that one of those questions sparked a bigger, deeper task you can do to stop hiding in your business. And then surprisingly, it gets easier from here, which is very rare. Um, let's move on to the simpler task of scoping out basic hiding places in your work. So is your full name clearly associated with your business? So if you have a business that's like um, Curtains and Blinds Incorporated, is it somewhere clear that you own Curtains and Blinds Incorporated with your first and last name? That's all. 
Is there a headshot of you on your homepage that does not include your lover or lovers, kids, pets, or career accessories? So no cameras, no paintbrushes, no horses, no wagons, no whatever it is that you do, none of that, just you. Do you have a concise and accurate about page on your website? Which is a specific reference to coming soon pages. Like, mm -mm, there's no coming soons. <laughs> Do you follow up with those who wish to hire you promptly and more than once? So first there's that lag of like, okay, has it been a week since they contacted you or two weeks or three weeks or just it's been months? So we want to shorten that time. And then do you follow up more than once? So the first email will say, I'm going to follow up with you, or I'm going to talk to you again in four days. In four days, hey, just checking in. Four days later, hey, just checking in again. Four days later, okay, this is the last time I'm checking in. I just want to see if you have any questions. That sort of a thing. Do you repeat yourself, i.e. stay on it, which is a podcast episode, or do you hope everything you offer will sell out with only one casual mention? And I 100% read that faster than all the other questions because that is me every fucking time I have a thing. <laughs> it's really hard for me to stay on it. For me, that's a conscious effort. So the fact that the voice podcast was like seven episodes over the course of a bunch of weeks was incredibly difficult. Like I wanted to move on, not from the subject matter, but from the the part where like I sell um, really quickly. And actually... No, that's exactly what needed to happen. I have to repeat myself and repeat myself and repeat myself. Do you have a clear capacity count on your homepage and in your social media bios if you're currently too busy? So um, some of my clients are, um, it's March, they're booking for like June, July, August. Some of my clients are completely booked for the year. Some of them are booking for 2020. Um, do you have a clear capacity count that other people can see? Like there are 18 spots left for the year or there are 18 spots left this month, whatever it is. Um, there's no judgment in it. It's just a really clear, like you, this is happening. And these are how many spots I have because people will always assume that you can make time for them and you have to be really clear and direct if that's not the case and you're actually booked up. Is there anywhere that you're hiding behind other people's blueprints, templates, or strategies for your livelihood? And I say hiding behind because it, if something works and it feels good to you, fantastic. I'm talking about all those things that feel like 65% good and then 35% like shit. And not in that way where you're like, I'm pushing my comfort zone, but I'm okay. Where you're just like, this feels wrong in every part of my body. Those are good places to start to pull back on the strategies or to switch up the strategies so that they work for you. I completely understand all these impulses that made this hiding possible. We want to scurry away from the limelight or we want to have our work speak for itself. Being seen is hard, hard work. I get it. But refusing to be seen, so when you send in your shinier, flashier, more successful and breezy representative, will only distance you from your own life and from your own business. So this is about being, dwelling deeply within your own life and business instead of trying to paper together instant solutions that other people have made that may or may not work. And then finally, the last set of questions 
Um, do you expect your work to quote, speak for itself, unquote, instead of making and repeating offers regularly? Do you share unretouched or otherwise real photos of your life and experience? Meaning um, we see the full picture and not like the perfectly cropped Instagram version of your life somewhere. Do you ever show your peeps what it's like behind the scenes in your business? It's okay if the answer is no, but is there any way that you could sort of bring them in and show them the behind the scenes? Do you ever let peeps see your face on video, like on Instagram Live or Facebook Live or YouTube Live or whatever the kids are using these days live? Because that's vulnerable. Do any strategies that used to work but don't anymore need to be eliminated? Where do you actively hide your life, meaning your home, your kids, your partner, your office, your schedule, your other jobs, from your peeps? So are, is there any place that you're actively drawing a line between um, this is what you may see and this is what I'm ashamed of? So I'm not talking about hiding like privacy. That's fantastic. I'm talking about hiding like you will never see X because X is just so shameful. And X is like the wall needs to be painted because it's peeling a little bit. It's just not a big deal. Because any place that you are like sort of hanging out in shame, you're hiding. And that's, I mean, that's up to you. But yeah, you can move through that. And it can be cathartic and lovely and wonderful. Um. And then finally, are you hesitant to share your work with your community, with friends, or with people in your real life? Because if the answer is yes, then that's a good place to start just talking about it. Like, hey, friend I see once a week for lunch, let me tell you what I'm doing in my business. They might, it's not about whether they hire you. It's not about whether they have connections. It's just about like, I'm not going to hide this. This is what's going on right now. We are far more likely to hire you when you are real, when you refuse to style your kids' messes for Instagram, or when you are truthful about the challenges you're facing. Hell, we're far more likely to hire you when we can see that you're an actual human. We don't need you to be perfect. We need you to be human. We need you to do what you say you'll do when you say you'll do it. We need you to be honest when you fuck something up. We need you to do your best work and to create the boundaries that make the work possible. We need you to be human and you need to be human too. It's the way to fulfillment and to growth. It is the opposite of instant to be human. And there's no substitute for being seen. So to put it another way, let's fill in some blanks. Um, I'm going to give you a bunch of blanks. I'm going to fill them in because it's only fair. So uh, I know I hide when I encounter blank, and I hide even more when blank happens. I let blank mess with my head, and I let blank hold me back. One way to counteract my own head games is to blank. I'm going to repeat that because it's a lot of blanks. <laughs> I know I hide when I encounter blank, and I hide even more when blank happens. I let blank mess with my head and I let blank hold me back. One way to counteract my own head games is to blank. I know I hide when I encounter enormous dreams and I hide even more when winter happens. 
I let cash flow mess with my head and I let fear of debt hold me back. One way to counteract my own head games is to actively try hearing no more often by making more asks for interviews, collaborations, and new clients. So that's taking the, that's just looking it right in the face and then saying, okay, one way I can counteract this is whatever it is. And if you actually do that thing that you've decided will counteract your own head games, you will be so much further along and so much happier about how far you've gotten that if you bought 73 of the instant solutions that were not made for you, because no one else can decide what is most important for you, you're going to have to do that yourself. And when you actively do that, things shift really, really quickly. Speaking of asks, I've got five spots for KK on tap open and you are invited to work with me. So if you've been listening to the podcast or reading the blog for a while now, a while now, and I'm looking at you, the peeps with more than a year of watching me under your belt, usually it's between one and seven years before people contact me. Uh, there's a damn good chance that we should work together. KK on tap includes quarterly one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, quarterly group coaching calls, access to my archives full of programs and magical things and books, a free seat in the voice workshop, and a phone-a-friend emergency call to keep in your back pocket. It's intentionally paced to be not instant, <laughs> to be slow and steady, so your business life can unfold naturally over the course of a year. I know a lot can happen, and I'm down for that. It's also priced at $2.25 a month, which is a damn bargain, and I promise that price will go up significantly the next time spots open. Current KK on Tap peeps are experiencing record-breaking income in their businesses, record-breaking busyness, uh, launching new products and services, tweaking their business models, trying to get less busy, so you have both, both ends, <laughs> and actively doing the work of being seen. So reach out and talk to me via k at kristenkelp.com or download the brochure at kristenkelp.com slash tap and let me know how you suspect I can help. I always want to hear about... Um, this is what's going on. This is how I think you can help. And I will be 100% honest about whether that is accurate or not. We will pick through your mess. We'll toy with new ideas. We'll try on new ways of being. And then I'll hold you accountable for whatever it is that's hardest to do right now. Again, you can reach out to me, k at kristenkalp.com, or you can slide into my DMs at kkalp. I am also taking any sort of questions you've got about cannabis and the use of it. Uh, for an upcoming podcast episode. So uh, if you're like, yeah, don't know a thing, tell me things. Uh, does it help with this? How do you feel when you this? Uh, anything at all. I don't know what your questions are, uh, but it's something that peeps have responded to. And so I would love to hear your questions and you can send them to me, k at kristenkelp.com or slide into my DMs, K-K-A-L-P on Instagram. May you resist the siren song of the instant and let yourself be seen. May you unfurl in gorgeous as yet unknown ways in the coming weeks. May you listen deeply to yourself and to what you need in this moment. And may you continue to surprise yourself and us with the work that you produce that comes from the deepest parts of you. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.
Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.